Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chronic Nirvana and we always want to bring topics that will stay on your mind, something that you can mull over and think about and today we're going to be touching a topic that's been intriguing me for quite a while and that revolves a little more around spirituality, a little bit of a belief system and faith, um, the importance of uh, certain spiritual habits or like how you're going to how people find their spiritual paths all condensed down in a way that people of our generation can understand and to discuss spirituality and a myriad of other topics we have with us Sanjana Chimnani welcome to the show welcome thank you Nikhil thank you Daksha for having me so um so what actually happened was a month ago you know I was just chilling and um, I found something on Instagram where a friend just put up a little teaser saying, uh, hey, you know, there's some sort of spiritual group. And the first thing that came to mind was cult, 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 cult. And then they, and then they put this Instagram story up that said, um, meditate, do yoga and eat. And I was like, oh shit, there's food. Like, <laughs> so then I was like, I got to find out who these guys are. And, um, you know, next thing, um, uh, it turns out it, it was a pretty close friend of mine who's who's a part of this group and um, she just told me that you know they're going on they're just a fun spiritual group and that they're going on a retreat and you know I was like tell me more and my friend Ria connected me to Sanjana and from there we just took things forward just I, I, I feel like I've attended like two or three meetings but I already feel so involved but to tell you more about this group and this community I'd like to have Sanjana talk to you guys about it so why don't you tell them about Bhakti Lounge? <laughs> for sure. Um, firstly, I'd like to thank you guys for having me here in your show. Um, and for me to speak about Bhakti Lounge, I think that is something that's very close to my heart. And um, it's just something very, very special. So thank you so much. And yes, I am very grateful to meet Nikhil. I haven't met Daksha in person, but I guess this is a great way to meet as well during the lockdown why not yeah, um yeah. but yeah nikhil came to bhakti lounge i think a month ago like he said we actually did our first yoga retreat um it started about a year and a half ago um where we just wanted to bring people together um to show them something different not just the party life because we all know about that but also to show something different something more meaningful um, and it was a bit challenging at first to see how can I bring people to such a community because not many people of our age look into spirituality. They think it's a auntie thing and I've been tagged as an auntie multiple times <laughs> by my friends. It's like, you're such an auntie Sanjana, why, why can't you just be who you were, which was a few years ago. And uh, to that, I think I'm still the same person. Nothing's changed about me. It's just I've added something on to my life, something that um, is really benefiting me. So that's the whole purpose of Bhakti Lounge is just honestly that's to bring awesome. people together so we can talk about life. Why do certain things happen to us? And I think you only ask these questions when you are in your challenging times, not yeah. when you're happy. Of course. When you're happy, yeah. you're just you're happy you're doing you're going yeah. with life the way it is or you only pause and reflect on such things when you're having a tough time in life ah, that's um, awesome. so to to give you the strength when you are in your low times we must practice certain things on regular basis so when you are in that tough time you don't restart and say oh my god maybe i should see a therapist maybe i should get into spirituality should i read a self-help book what must i do so we're just trying to build in some, some, I would say, good habits or even having that good association. Where do you find those friends who mm -hmm. truly understand you? You know, they um, want to know what's happening in your life. They want to help you out. So the Bhakti Lounge has actually given me a lot of new friends and too many others, like, for example, Nikhil. And I'm sure, Nikhil, you've met a lot of people in Bhakti Lounge in just a month and a half. Everyone loves Nikhil because he shot our our um, uh, Bhakti Lounge yoga retreat video, which was amazing. Um, awesome. We're actually working on another one now together. 
so yeah you just get together you collaborate on things you love things you're passionate about you know he's passionate about making movies films documentaries and you got a chance yeah. whether he believes in yeah. it or not no, of the course. spiritual side of it i think i, I think what was yeah. really awesome about it was you know i ended up showing so Like she said, there was this retreat, and I showed up there to shoot a video, shoot a video for them, and just give them content. But um, you know, in my head at first, like I'd never met any of these guys. I just knew a couple of names, right? And the funny thing was, I walk in, like I go to this retreat. I'm like taking my camera, and the first guy I meet is this guy called Shiv. And I, 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 I mean, I found out his name then, but I was like, dude, we played beer pong a month ago in stables. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? I didn't even know. <laughs> And then we're, what? like we're, you know we Cats it's like out of the bag. it's like wow. it's like T minus 2 hours to meditation and we're just like yeah dude we got to play beer pong soon like we got to make it happen you're meeting people the same people yeah. i remember someone one of my friends told me dude how are all these people coming yeah i think that was like that was a bar like what are they that doing that was that was yeah exactly coming for yeah. hang over uh, like you know be on your f- all, be on all fours the night before throwing up be on all fours doing <laughs> downward dog the next day like you know uh, i need god <laughs> no the cool thing is you f- like amazing. i found a like a mixed crowd right i found people who are like who had gotten drunk with like a year ago and um, i think it was a sense that you know at the end of it i i did feel that comfort where i went in then i was like you can't let your hair down being in that setting in itself kind of took a load off okay so that was my first impression of just the vibe and the aura that that group gave out so that was pretty fun for me so wanted to ask you was you know how did you you know find your path into spirituality like how how did you just decide to do bhakti lounge yeah like, i was just going to ask that Um I didn't just wake up one day and say let's start bhakti lounge I think it took took a while to get here um it was always a dream but I never knew what to do uh what you know where am I supposed to start so when I was 15 I just happened to um read this book called laws of the spirit world which my brother was reading and I'm not really a bookworm I don't really enjoy reading well it's kind of changed now but mm. if, when i was 15 no way i was I, i would only like to draw i'm an artist so i would only draw and i read that book and um i was a bit intrigued because it spoke about you know um spirits and there is life out there not just on planet earth but um yeah. much beyond watch so the last I airbender interested. same thing i'm just kidding. i'm just kidding. go on not the last airbender go on and <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway so i started um questioning my existence and i started attending a few classes i'm from hyderabad so i was attending a few workshops uh um in 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 india in hyderabad and i just continued not not the same philosophy but i moved quite a bit from one philosophy to another things like reiki or um the vipassana which is that 10 day silent retreat which i did two and a half years ago um many other things that i came across but nothing stuck to me as much as this did which is um the hari krishna movement uh which i was actually very against so i don't know if you guys have seen uh, i mean nikhil obviously is now he's he's yeah. a part of bhakti lounge but i don't know about you daksha if you've seen is it hari iskon? krishna people yeah it's gone so uh, i used to be a part of uh, it actually oh really yeah like back in the interesting. day interesting Well, yeah. you are going to be a part of it again soon again. <laughs> when when the lockdown is over, please come and um yeah, see what we do on Fridays. Yeah. yeah. But Sorry, I was saying. I thought it was a cult and I never really gave it a shot to understand what they're preaching. Yeah. I was just like, oh, they're just a bunch of random people singing Hare Krishna and a um, bunch of white people. I'm like, they don't even know what they're saying, <laughs> but it was wrong i was the one who didn't even know what they were you know what does hari krishna even mean i had no idea i never yeah. even gave it a shot and i think i let it be for a while i i came across them many times in new york in melbourne when i was living there and i still ignored i would only go to the temple for for good free food um <laughs> i think food always attracts people so i would only go there for the food and when i moved to dubai recently I met my teacher who 
I work with uh, uh, for Bhakti Lounge. We're the ones who do it together. And she came home to for for I don't know one of the pujas that was happening. You know the usual Indian pujas. And my mom was like, "Oh, we're having a puja at home this evening, so you have to come and attend it." And I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna sit there. I don't know what they're gonna say. I'm just gonna follow whatever my mom tells me to do." And then my mentor, her name is Shubha. She actually explained why we are doing this arti today. Why are we doing? Yeah. What is this ritual all about? And she she gave a scientific and a practical reason, which I fell in love with. I was like, oh, finally, I know why we're doing this. You know, it's not just something random. It makes sense. And I loved it. And I fell in love with her. And I kept in touch with her ever since then. And um, on my birthday last year, I just decided that I want to introduce this to my friends as well because it's really, really helped me in in many ways. And and you know, it's been a positive change in my life so i wanted to share it with my friends and i did awesome. have a, a hippie yoga party and yeah. i invited all my friends home and uh, when they came we did a bit of yoga we did a bit of uh, mantra meditation and we spoke about what actually gets you high is it the alcohol is it the drugs because how long are you going to you know be high for it it's yeah. not going to be for for the rest of your life it's so temporary and in fact when you are taking in those intoxicants you feel worse after in the moment sure you're having a great time but it doesn't yeah. last long and it just makes you feel like crap the next day um so we spoke about that which was very interesting and that's how it kind of started we got a good response uh, everyone who attended that birthday were very happy and um, when we saw the response we we're like okay maybe we should actually take this out there and introduce it to the young adults in dubai mainly yeah. people who just love fighting that's that's the <laughs> that's the kind of age group or the people we're looking at just yeah. so we all are in the same boat we understand yeah. each other it's it's easy to start from there 100% that's that's a really good way of looking at it Uh, sorry, I just had two questions. First thing, I just wanted to mm-hmm. clarify, like, tell the listeners who may not know what a puja is. It's basically an Indian ritual where you know people gather around and pray to God. But second thing, uh, what was the reason that she gave you? What was the like, you know, the explanation? And what was the a puja as well? If you don't mind me asking. Good question. It was in uh, in November. I'm assuming I can't remember, but it was. October or November and it was uh it's called Damodar Aarti and okay. she did uh she explained the past times of Lord Krishna and why we I mean there was a whole story behind it so she's sharing yeah. the past times of Lord Krishna and I mean it goes into many details which I think we should talk about another day because I don't think the yeah. audience will understand but basically it was something I could relate to uh it it was very simplified and um she was connecting it to the real life of how what we are going through to okay. his story to, to the lord's story so it's easy it's like oh okay he went through that or he did that and this is what is happening in my life too or in everyone's lives and i understand yeah. that i respect that i still don't know anything about lord krishna or or i never wanted to worship god at that time i was like i don't believe in it i just believe in the universe and energy um so why must i worship god I, yeah from there on i started my journey where when i heard that story i wanted to know more so i asked her after that and i went for her classes uh, i was attending some of her friday classes to know more about it awesome uh did they was there any mention about like kali yuga and like the different yugas and all that stuff yes That's, of course kali yuga yeah. for sure i mean uh we actually just had a class recently on kali yuga Uh, yeah. So now that we're in lockdown, we're doing online uh, online sessions. We're going live on Instagram, okay. and we had a session recently on the cycle of yoga. So we did speak a bit about Kali Yuga, and yeah. which is Iron Age. And uh, what they say is, I mean, why 
japa meditation or mantra meditation you know why not yeah. just sit in silence or there are many types of meditation i was actually discussing this with nikhil recently yeah. Yeah, and for the for anyone who doesn't know uh, what a yoga is, I just want to give you guys a quick thing. So within um, the the whole spiritual era. group, it's an era. It's a time period where there are four. Uh, as far as we've known, as far as long as times existed, um, at least in Hinduism. If I'm not, I don't know if anyone else has done it, but Hinduism divides it in um, four to into four eras called Sat Yuga, Dwarpa Yuga, Treta Yuga, and Kali Yuga. and each yuga has a fourth less time than the others meaning satyug was the longest time where the uh, cardano the details apparently people grew 8 foot long and lived for 25000 years smoked a shit ton of weed like best part was it was still there at the time okay no, like okay. <laughs> i don't know i i'm just going with the flow right now but <laughs> cannabis has been yeah. around longer than alcohol <laughs> no, i'm just uh, i'm just i'm just oh uh, I'm, i'm kidding um yeah so for yeah. yugas what not so um that's a time period go on and how has uh, those yugas and impacted yeah beliefs? well they say that uh, the the scriptures say that kali yuga is the best way to meditate is to do japa meditation or mantra meditation because you're using all five senses when you're uh chanting the names of the lord because um it's very difficult for us to sit in silence right like can you sit in silence and have no thoughts at all uh, no it's, it's almost <laughs> no. impossible for us to yeah. get to that point it's going to take like yeah. many 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 years we don't even know if we're going to live for that long you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it's the best way to meditate is to try japa meditation because you're using all your senses uh, and, and it's the... actually true uh sorry yeah go on No, I was I was saying that it, I have tried quite a few different types of meditation, so I can now differentiate how it is when I'm doing um, the silent meditation, for example, compared to my chanting, compared to uh, maybe mandala meditation. I draw mandalas; that's also a form of meditation. So I see the difference, and I I do. connect more when i'm chanting because like they say you yeah. know you're you're fully yeah. there even if your mind wanders you can bring it back yeah. by you know chanting it out loud so you're hearing the sacred and sounds and mandalas mandalas uh, for those of you who don't know are those really nice happy tattoos that you guys get without knowing Actually, what it is uh, you know those big oh, yeah. the big starry ones and really oh that's really def- cool yeah precise shapes like uh, you want to show that that's to your awesome. camera sunch like like <laughs> yeah those uh, um you know the stuff you see when you're a dmt exactly or <laughs> when i or when i just smoke one too many like either either or like stare into an empty wall and you're like why are they cones <laughs> why is it yellow it's <laughs> but no um sorry i had one question about meditation so uh, yeah. uh so one thing is there any difference between transcendental meditation than the different meditations that you describe can you and describe what transcendental is, is? Like, i actually uh, i'm not sure Uh, I've just heard that it's like one of the forms of meditation. People do it in float tanks and all that stuff. Uh, a sensory deprivation mm. tank. Uh, so it's like basically like the water is the same temperature as your body, so it feels like you're in nothing. Uh, I, I, don't I don't know. There are all these kinds of meditations that have come out, right? Or Sounds like the most age. white. form of meditation ever like one white dude exactly. went like i'm a crack moksha oh, yeah. in one step bro <laughs> watch it's, me it's jorogan <laughs> there are so many i think every every few months or a few years yeah. i don't know when you keep hearing about all kinds of different meditations that come out but i think uh, uh it's good to try everything but really see what you connect with and that's why yeah. i mean i didn't want someone to tell me uh that hey mantra meditation is it you know this is it you you got to do this this is yeah. the only way you're going to understand life or have self realization i had to really go out there experiment by myself and see what was working for me and it took me a while it took me many years to actually get to this point and i don't even know how long i'm going to last here but one yeah. thing i can say is this is probably the longest i have ever committed to something you know it's mm-hmm. been 2 years okay. now that i'm i am fully in it i'm fully convinced by the philosophy that i get over here from the bhagavad gita as it is uh, by shri prabhupada and um uh 
and again i think it's the simplicity of it it's about how they explain it to you and you see young people people of our age doing it doing it so yeah. beautifully um and i think that's something that is enough for me i i have i have wandered wandered around way too much and i just want to settle down and fully understand one philosophy rather than jumping from one to another so i yeah. think yeah it uh, it depends what you connect with that's um, really cool giving mantra meditation a, a chance uh, yeah for those who don't that, know what mantras are could you like just be a little oh, yeah. more just give a you know special well the mantra that we use to chant this med- like japa meditation that i'm talking about is just something very simple is just three words so it's hari krishna and rama and you just chant that as many times as you can of course there is um certain how would you say of flow of flow like variation no they no not variations but they they tell you that you i mean if you've seen a bead like the beads the rosary then i think it's 108 yeah. right 108 yeah. beads yeah. so you chant 108 times the it's called the maha mantra so you chant hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari 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 rama hari rama 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 hari hari at least 108 times that's one round and then yeah. they recommend that you must chant it maybe minimum 16 rounds in a day which takes you maybe around 2 hours or or longer um and the best part about this meditation is actually you you don't have to sit you know back straight cross legs etc etc whatever they say you can you can chant anytime anywhere uh whether you're sleeping or in bed or you're walking or you're sitting in silence or even if you're in a crowded place and you know you're constantly chanting in your mind and this is something yeah. i actually loved because for me before i got introduced to japa meditation I, and everyone would say oh you have to meditate to have this perfect life or just to understand yourself or you know all of this that they say the yeah. benefits of meditation so it felt like so much pressure like oh i have to wake up at a certain time and i have to get in that place in in you know wherever in my room in my living room i have to sit there i have to sit there for an hour i have to be in silence and all these rules which i couldn't keep up with and i was like oh my god if i missed it i would feel guilty and i was like okay this is not working out i need to figure out either i i'm fully in it or i'm not in it and that's yeah. that's just how my personality is so i then when i got to know about mantra meditation i was like great i can walk and chant i can yeah. sleep and chant i can yeah. literally chant anywhere if i'm with my friends or if i'm out and this has happened before or i'm probably in a meeting or i'm out and i'm just i'm not listening yeah. i'm just looking at you talk i'm really not listening so i'm just yeah. not interested i've lost track of what you're saying but in my head yeah. i'm I was talking to her for 20 minutes in the retreat and she was just like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> what like <laughs> like real life demo you, you never know what's going on in my mind like, i mean usually yeah. you're thinking of something else yeah in my head you know, i was like oh sansana is so awesome look at her listening to me and my problems and in the meantime i realized she didn't give a <laughs> flying fuck like she was just like nope sab <laughs> gaya <laughs> she's with Firstly, yeah. I've never done that. Nikhil, always listen to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I want to get my, the work done. I want to keep my eye on you Nikhil, next time. Oh my gosh, I remember how much I troubled him during the retreat because we wanted to get yeah. everyone's interviews done. And but it like, wasn't trouble though. That's why chill. I was there. Like you know, we could have taken it. <laughs> but it was but, so fun. But to, and yeah, to bring up one fun point in that retreat, like you know, there was this. It was a retreat which had like a lot of events spaced out. You know, they had kirtan. They had um, yeah. kirtan is again like musical. There's like musical accompaniments to chanting. So it's the same chanting. Sang kirtan. But yeah, with so we're with people. Yeah. So you're and you know you you chant you sing people dance like it's 1989 and there's Elvis music behind. It's totally chill, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like got some serious jailhouse rock going. But you know yeah. they were doing all that, and then the thing was I was. I don't know if I was averse, but a little bit about me is just that I haven't been very religiously inclined for the longest time. So um, I pushed religion away just from my where I was seeing a lot of things. It just tended to cause a lot of divide. When I came to that event and these people were doing anything godlike, like when I enter a temple itself, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I belong here. 
and I went there and they're like, Nikhil, come join Kirtan and sing. And I was like, mm, hmm, uh, should I? I was gonna shoot. How about that? Yeah, let me let me let me stay behind the camera. And then um, fast forward to a meeting almost a week later, and then um, Nand Kumar uncle, um, one of the other senior persons in in, in the group, yeah, and um, he. You know, he he just thrust a mic in me. He's like, "You're singing." I I really wanted to just tell him, "Mama ain't raised no bitch, so let's go." <laughs> Where my Hare Krishna fam? That was fun. That was fun. I I I took a video of Nikhil chanting the Hare Krishna Mama mantra, which is a big deal, and I shared yeah. it with his friend who introduced uh, Bhakti Lounge to him. Her name is Ria. She's such a yeah. sweetheart, and uh, she was so shocked. She's like, is that Nikhil? Oh my God! What's happening? Um, and and that's everyone. It's not just Nikhil. It's so many people who come with this belief of like I don't want to chant that. Or even if they do sit uh, during um, the kirtan session, um, they feel so uncomfortable to even say Hare Krishna. They're just like they're fumbling and they're like, I don't even think I want to say it. Um, yeah, I. But eventually you do. I mean, there are benefits of even just hearing it, is what they say. Even if, even if the person sitting there, or even if you say, um, you know, Krishna once, it's 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 a lot. We don't realize what it's doing to us, but it's really helping. For us. me, I just had Oops. this very like when I fit in over there when I came in, I was just you know chanting the. This is just my mentality, and if you guys want, you can. Like I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but um. One thing that I tried doing there was just that you know I realized I came to be in a certain vibe with certain people, like you know, and mm-hmm. the my mentality going in was I want to try and accept these energy, these vibrations and energy around, and be a part of it, right? And by rejecting, like I don't need to, like I don't consider myself religious, right? I really don't, but that doesn't matter when you're you know when you're sitting around like you are with a group of people mm-hmm. you're trying to fit in so just do what they do and do it with good intentions is my that's that's kind of just my philosophy around certain things so when nankumar uncle went yeah. like you know you take the mic I, in reality i was like you know what i'm i'm not doing this out of like you know because i'm religious i'm doing this because these people are nice enough to have me i want to fit in with what what they're doing and like if mm-hmm. chanting these words is a way for me to absorb these vibrations why not so like you know, there's a absolutely. lot of science uh, behind that it's like you know when people sing together it's usually mm-hmm. it releases serotonin and melanin and whatnot like all the really? good shit hormones oh wait yeah. tell me more like like so it's just about um, <laughs> singing together it seems apparently everyone's happy they're singing some people are yeah. probably crying cuz they're just you know crying out of happiness and yeah. um, dancing jumping it, it's it's so it's super energetic and uh, it's it's a very powerful experience that i think everyone must experience at least once in their life yeah um and yeah i mean even when i i, I in fact just today i was going through my instagram feed to clear a few things clean it up and i i came across this video of my second kirtan ever which was in new york i just happened to attend this place called the bhakti center which is like bhakti lounge and that's where my inspiration comes from uh and over there they had this kirtan i didn't know what it was at that time i was just sitting there thinking i don't know something good's going to happen something positive and then they all start singing um, you know hari krishna uh, and wow. i sat there for 2 hours straight just singing with these people i don't know who these people are just random people strangers and it was such a happy feeling actually at that video and i was watching it and i was like wow that was in 2014 when i didn't even have any anything for it for it you know in fact i was against it so how like, old were you back then what are they singing what are they chanting how old were you uh, when you did but this? here i am now where i'm telling people so pretty much 21, like my age when 20? doing when experiencing 21? this for 2021 like what the second time that yeah yeah pretty much so i mean people get introduced to it at different ages i don't think age matters well if you get introduced to spirituality in general whatever it is for you that you connect with at a at a early age the the better it is because it helps you in your life you know a lot of people they say 
oh, uh, I'm just going to read these scriptures or get into spirituality when I'm older. But what so, guarantee do we have that we're even going to live for that long? How do yeah. we know that we're going to live for that long? Fair enough. Fair and enough. why would you push away something that's actually going to help you in your life? It's not boring. It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, so I just wanted to ask you, um, like, what, what are the benefits of meditating? You know, like, so, so many people do it for, like, different reasons, obviously. But in your case, what are the things that you've taken apart from, like, you know, the spiritual journey and meditating? What's the benefits? Um, well, there are many, but the one I connect to the most is to connect with your inner self, which I think is so important and not many of us do it. We don't even realize the importance of it is to really be with yourself, you know, instead of constantly looking for answers externally, actually going yeah. inwards, you know, asking yourself, what do you really want? And, um, and I'm still working on this. It's not that... Uh, it's not like I have Master, like, um, reads. Uh, mastered it exactly or I am perfected it which a lot of people like now some of my friends think oh yeah like your life is perfect you know you're very spiritual and you meditate and you do yoga and all of that stuff and I'm like no I'm actually as flawed as you guys are I haven't really gotten anywhere with it it's just a, it's just a start yeah. where I have realized at least that yes I think this is important um, so yeah for me the most beneficial thing has been to connect with myself and really Fair. hear myself, like understand myself. You know, people say, listen yeah. to your gut, listen to your gut. Well, it doesn't come that yeah. easily. Uh, it comes with practice to really yeah. listen to yourself. And I think for me, it's it's meditation that helps me. So would you say it's um, like holding in your intuition? Like, so, uh, like Buddha, Absolutely. like going to the awesome tangent, like, you know, the Buddha in the background. <laughs> Like I was reading a lot about Buddhism and when it came about, I think it was like what, 400 BC, 480, I might mess this up. Whenever it did come about a long time ago, it was when the Vedic scriptures in India were at a downfall. So Buddha was like traveling and he was like, you know, mm -hmm. what the hell, why are these people so sad? You know, there's so much problems created by the entire, you know, the of Vedic uh, beliefs which I think was Hinduism or turned into his Hinduism but either ways he w wanted to look for an answer and so he started meditating and so like you know do you look for answers when you meditate or is is it just like to connect more with yourself no of course I mean connecting to yourself is for answers that you want in life I think it's okay. it's both um and yes, it does come because how can you just go about your day without stopping, without pausing? You're constantly doing things, constantly taking in information and there is no, yeah. there's no pause. There's no like, okay, wait, hold on. There's so much that's happened. There's so many thoughts in my mind. I need to just give myself a break, take a step back and, yeah. and breathe. Uh, it's just, it, I mean, I was also, I do have anxiety it's much better than it was before but i would get extremely anxious and there are still some days where if i'm overworked i get super anxious and i, I get like a panic attack and i have to that's like yeah. a reminder to myself that hey you're not taking care of yourself you haven't meditated maybe today or just Fair enough. take it easy you know in fact you can work yeah. better you can be more productive when you do um, inculcate such practices yeah. in your life actually meditating and taking care like, of yourself. Uh, you know, this whole um, meditating and spirituality thing is something that, you know, I'm very passionate about. I'm not a religious person at all. And uh, contrary to what you said, like you said before, like, you know, you keep, uh, you instead of keep jumping between different beliefs and uh, practices, you want to just stick to one and go for it. Like, uh, I differ in the way that I want to see every practice in like, you know, in action. I want to like, you know, one of those people, I have to know each and everything so I can make a decision. I wanted to ask you both op openly, what's your take on intuition versus spiritual, like, you know, and answers? Because they, they, I feel like they both go hand in hand. Interesting but, question. You know, what do you guys think about the importance, importance of like finding answers versus having um, intuition? Let's what's your first. take on that? If um well your intuition only gets stronger if you are i keep going back to this but that's that's what i think is if you are connected yeah. to yourself 
mm-hmm. our intuition just doesn't come out of nowhere right. the deeper you get into understanding yourself the deeper you get into spirituality in general again whichever form you choose the better your intuition gets the the clearer your mind the, the clearer you can hear uh, what what your mind or body or your soul is trying to tell you so i think to work on you have to yeah. work on your intuition and not just let it be of course it also i mean if, if there are intuition also comes without practicing meditation it's just that it's much yeah. louder when you do start quieting your uh, mind that's a really good way of looking at it okay so i have uh, so many so many thoughts on this okay so starting off so if you look at the shamans and you know the people like what all these ancient tribes and what not they uh, discovered this brew called ayahuasca Uh, sorry it's a it's a long tangent so just bear with me so this ayahuasca thing uh was a oh, was yours. a religious experience that they all shared and uh, it's widely believed that they did it together mm-hmm. and they all drank the same thing and they saw the same beings in the forest you know so normally people go in thinking you're just hallucinating so it must be in the mind but if multiple people are seeing the same thing it must be a veil that's being lifted that they all are being able to see shit that normally they wouldn't be able to do so my understand my perception my hypothesis of meditating is that you meditate long enough you reach a state of consciousness which is higher and higher the more you meditate the more practice you have like anything i think that's a form of intuition so when you're meditating you reach a stage but the same stage can be reached with drugs which is a shortcut you know in my perception uh, or my hypothesis basically so you either yeah. med- meditate yeah. and you learn exactly how to reach that stage or you just thrust with that stage with drugs which is why some people have bad trips maybe who knows uh but going to intuition i think those mm-hmm. stages of intuition are, i mean so normally when we speaking it's just a cause effect relationship between our thoughts and our you know our mouths moving we think what we want to say and then we're processing it but if you go into guesswork mm-hmm. like you know if somebody asks you a question where you don't know or you're made to play a sport or something there's different levels of brain activity that translate into what comes out of your mouth and the way you react so if you're speaking the language that you normally speak is just one you know you're used to it it's just second nature but if you speak multiple languages um then more of your brain is being used at the same times because you're translating from the initial language into the other ones the same thing happens um so when you're driving uh like a car or whatever like both your brains work simultaneously and the same thing happens when you play music and so when you play music there's two ways as well sorry uh like i can relate everything to mus- music but um so the first way is like you learn you learn the notes and then you play what somebody else has taught you but when you start improvising i think that's the same state of consciousness which can be associated with meditation and being on drugs and so combining all of that might mean higher states of uh meditation wait get in on that i i'm just trying to understand that a little more what do you mean by like trying to improvise and it gets you to that oh, level um, of consciousness so what do you mean by that people learn, like learn music when you taught music you're like this is one note this is a chord blah 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 and then you're like uh, how do you play bolo about a broken dreams mm-hmm. for example um, and these are the chords and so you play yeah. those chords but it's like you're learning something and then you're recipro- like you form it take it out but when you go into when you learn music enough then you can start improvising on you know whatever you hear or whatever is playing in the background and then you go into like an uncharted territory like the stuff you're playing has is like you know it's not what you learned it's not what you um like practiced it's something new you know it's like that stage of creativity when you're in the state of flow like you know you're just making music on the fly you know there's no precedent there's just that moment you know the same thing happens when you drive because you know you're driving first time you're going like I don't know the exact how to explain it properly but when you're driving it's not you processing information that you've previously gained it's you creating new stuff like you're creating a path for yourself essentially you know okay so if i get this let me see if i get this thing right so your so your your compa- or your experience is such that you know it you find that you can reach certain levels of or you feel that certain activities like not just meditation yeah. but like certain things that you do with exactly. a passion or like you know or you do it so um 
with, for a long time. Yeah, for a long time with a certain uh, fondness slash reverence slash you know um, like when you believe that same thing that over, like so many times that you don't think about doing it. Uh, I mean, I I've gotten this while filming, right? Like, I just get these sparks that you know I've never done it before, and I don't know if uh, obviously it's it's shit that's been done, but I never really looked up, you know. How do you film these things? How do you get these angles? It's more like I I, I would watch something and go like, oh yeah, let's you know, I I do get that improvise. you get certain yeah you improvise and you get certain um you feel like you've unlocked a certain stage or you've unlocked a certain ability of yours to do what you yeah. do better now um, but do you think love for that field is a Definitely. major factor? I think it's a catalyst. Like you know, if you're happy, you're only happy for like. You know, so long. If you're sad, you're only happy. I mean, sad for so long. But love, it seems to be, it lasts a bit longer. Like you know, if you, it takes a while to fall in love, and to you know. I think it fades also. I mean, they say you you fall in love. I I don't know how it. I think everything is temporary, yeah. whether it's love, happiness, sadness, any kind of emotion, any uh, kind of feeling. For sure, like um, so. From what you've learned, then, Sansa, getting onto the topic of love, since you put it that way, you said that it's temporary. Then, what would you deem as so? What do you think lasts? Then, from a, from your learnings, whatever you have, if you've learned a lot of things are temporary, what are the things that are permanent? Mm. I wouldn't say nothing's permanent. No, nothing's yeah. permanent. Not even us. Say. Not even our. <laughs> yeah. No, not even our bodies. But I think what lasts, what could bring you not permanent happiness, but long-term happiness, is is service. Is to serve people because I think. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've also realized this. You did the film. You shot the retreat video for us out of your own love. You know, it wasn't something we yeah, told you or something we paid you for. It came out of your own uh, love and passion. That yeah, I actually connect to this group. I like the the people here. I like the vibe here. And I'm just gonna shoot because um, mm-hmm. that's my service to them. And I think uh, for me also that's been. The best thing that's happened is to serve by doing, uh, by hosting such events, you know, like mm-hmm. Bhakti Lounge. And I will go all out, not like someone's paying me or telling me, hey, you got to do this. It comes, you know, from within and it truly makes me happy. Say- that's the only reason why I do it. There's nothing that's given me this kind of happiness in my life ever before. Not love, yeah. not a relationship, not money, not my job, nothing is just to be there for people to to spread this love of um, or just spreading this knowledge that I have received and I feel uh, extremely grateful to my mentor Shubha or people who uh, introduced like, me like you know this. I was just gonna say uh, but you said it for me you're spreading love don't you think <laughs> like you know it's love for the cause yeah. that's like kind of a motivation maybe just uh, take a slight tangent but you know like the feeling good and all the you know the, all the work that you've done and if you were to do art with all these feelings and people call it vibrations, energy, whatever, like, do you find a difference if you weren't like, you know, the art that you used to do before, uh, you know, all your spiritual journeys versus the art you've done after it? Have you found a difference in how you interact? Yes. Wow, that's something I haven't thought of in a long time, but now it just comes to my mind. How has my art changed? Is that your question? Yeah. How did my art change Spot. before yeah. and after spirituality? My art was so dark and weird when I before I got into all of this. Yeah. Like you'd be surprised if you even saw it. I never share that artwork anymore with anyone because it's just it makes me feel like what on earth was i doing but it was very dark um i used to get nightmares for like 18 years of my life literally i couldn't couldn't sleep alone uh couldn't sleep in my own room Uh, um actually most times i have to go and sleep in my mom's room but um so yeah all my art was dark very dark and then what do you mean by dark when like when you say dark, dark like what, what was the element weird that weird stuff it was things i would see in my dreams which was literally ghosts and hmm. not nice things yeah. so since that was in my mind uh, and also 
probably my subconscious mind was filled with it i don't know what it was but every time i would paint i would only paint not nice things you know my topics were like death and depression and anxiety or those were the kind of topics i would choose yeah whereas from 2014 my art started changing and i started working on mandalas and it's been my soulmate ever since then it's, we're in 2020 i am mm -hmm. in love with it yeah. and that it connects it that lets me connect it to spirituality and it's something more positive so obviously when i'm drawing it out i'm feeling good about it when i complete the piece i feel accomplished because yeah. i mean anyone would uh, you know when you look at a mandala it looks very um, complex and it may be intimidating for someone who hasn't drawn it's like i can never draw that but i take workshops and I, all my workshops most people who come they're like oh we can't draw i can't do that i haven't drawn since i was a kid and for me i love love to see people draw yeah. i don't I, when i'm myself when i'm drawing i'm not drawing to make it make the mandala look pretty and nice but i think it's more about how i'm feeling and letting myself feel that way without any judgment so even if it yeah. turns out not so nice for like a perfectionist or an artist for me it's like it's okay you That's know awesome. it's something mm -hmm. um, i did because i wanted to give myself that time and that space to just express myself yeah. and i want to give that i want to open up the platform for people to come and express themselves freely yeah. through the process of mandala making and that's how, I, and I also obviously, speaking of spirituality and my obsession with the Bhagavad Gita and understanding all of this, I always try to bring in something that I've learned from there to my class. So yeah. okay. in, in a very simple, subtle manner, because obviously it's not all hardcore preaching. I haven't, I myself don't know much uh, to be honest, but whatever little that i understand you know basic things about for example service you know what's the importance of service is something i've learned through not only reading but also experiencing it by working on bhakti lounge and what it does um so i bring certain topics like that to my workshops where i'm not only teaching you how to draw but yeah. speaking something about life and connecting that to art um so like you know earlier when we were speaking about uh, I was talking about driving and all that nonsense. But um, the fact yeah. that your art has changed after you uh, started meditating in the spiritual journey ties in right in with that. I can't believe I blanked on asking you about it earlier. But the hypothesis mm. that was um, thing is like when you're, when you're creating something new like music, art or driving or, you know, whatever, it's um, sort of tangent that you're, mm. you're pulling from the creative ether you, like that makes any sense but like um you know you're just like channeling what inspiration wherever inspiration comes from who knows like through your intuition they, if that's even the right word to say onto paper you know yeah absolutely. and it's mm. fascinating to hear about how your art is transformed from you know a dark place to uh i think that's a testament to what meditation and all that stuff can do I think one going to come into that first Bakhi launch to shoot that video helped me just realize that okay there are more things that you can find the answer to and it made me equally excited about answering those questions which would be more along like for me it's a very simple thing which is okay how, how can I get a little bit of a mastery of mind over body in terms of certain instincts or things you might have just to strictly get your mind in control of what you want to do. Right, so this is something I wanted to ask you. Now, as a guy, let's just talk about very random things, right? Like, um, I want to do some research on something. And then I'm like, I'm really craving to play this game. Or I'm craving to watch an episode. Eat this, eat that. When you know, at the back of your head, there's a voice telling you, your mind's telling you, don't do it. But your, your body's like, ah, fuck it, might as well. Uh, so I found that, like, meditation is one way to crack that. If, if I really want to be able to... You know, that's my motivation to get in, not any other love mm. for God, none of that. For me, it's actually, and through that, if I find this love for God or this connection, so be it. No problem whatsoever, right? Mm -hmm. So, for those of, for to, the people listening to this who are, who are probably wondering, how do I start? What do I do? What's your message to them and to me? 
because I'm in that pool as well, and maybe even that. So, are you are you asking sure. how do you start getting start. into spirituality, yeah. or just understanding? How do you start meditating? At least I feel like meditation is such a basic thing that like I don't even know how to do. Like, what's your experience, and how did you start? Like, what is your step one? Again, I, uh, firstly, to know what type of meditation suits you. So to experiment whatever meditation is out there. Well, if I if I were to say anything, I would definitely pick on three, which is silence, sitting in silence. So even if it's you know sitting in silence for just five minutes, you know, sit there quietly. No, you don't need background music, something soothing, waves, and all of that. Nothing. You don't need any of that. Just sitting in silence quiet by yourself you know maybe light a candle and sit with your eyes closed back straight all of that um and watch your thoughts come it's okay if there are bad thoughts good thoughts whatever it is just observing what's coming and slowly build the practice so starting with maybe five minutes to ten minutes and build it up so for me now i can sit for longer earlier it, and i think as a beginner five minutes is also like Oh my god you, you mm-hmm. probably want to open your eyes and you look at the time and it's only been 30 seconds and you're like what how do people do this for like hours yeah. but i think um d- disciplining yourself is very important and yeah. uh, without that nothing comes out. so i feel like just making your mind up that okay if i really want to understand uh, myself better i will keep at least five minutes to myself of this practice of silent meditation and then maybe journaling. I think journaling has been a huge thing for me where I write my thoughts down all the time. Uh, You know, whatever it is, whether it's something I'm happy about or grateful for, or I'm just frustrated and I want to let it out. And maybe I can't share certain things with my friends or my family so I can share it with my book because no one's reading that hopefully my mom is not reading it but i i really think it helps and i usually also go back to my my notes and have a look at it of have i really progressed in life because sometimes of i course, look at my yeah. book from a, a year ago and then i see a similar problem and i look at it and i'm like okay i wrote the same thing here and the same thing there so i see a pattern and i need to break that pattern so how do i break it and then you start working on it accordingly yeah. so i think journaling is super helpful also so that's yeah. number one i think silent meditation number two of course journaling, is, uh, journaling. Uh, you know which one you know which one not journaling but um japa meditation which we spoke about mantra meditation quite a bit just because it uh, you can do it anytime you don't have to do okay i have to sit for five minutes in silence and oh my god all these thoughts are coming and i can't stand these thoughts so well japa meditation you don't really have you don't even have the time because you're constantly you're um uh saying the words you're hearing yourself you're, you're not yeah so there's not much senses. time to you know deviate you your thoughts you into can't. something else that's you that have to even if it comes back you're you're like okay i gotta chant i gotta hold my beads i gotta hear myself i gotta maybe you smell something maybe you see something which is uh you know maybe a, a picture of of whoever god whatever you believe yeah. in you know um so you're using all your senses to to practice that kind of meditation and you do feel good honestly like i mean you have to try it to know know it but you do feel much calmer relaxed and obviously the best time to meditate is first thing in the morning so as soon as you wake up really okay early high prana and versus what about that whole night thing before you go to sleep isn't that i didn't actually didn't know that i thought like night before you sleep was like a meditation thing that people do like yeah i think it's important uh, to meditate before you go to bed and when you wake up because you will sleep much better and peacefully and you will probably get that six or eight hours sleep when you are you when your mind is relaxed so you know the same i don't know if you guys must have heard red but like putting away your gadgets an hour or two hours before you go to bed Mm -hmm. playing something soothing for for me what helps is i'm kind of especially now during the lockdown i'm kind of addicted to my phone it's disgusting so i do Uh i'm kind of an extremist where i just put my phone away for 24 hours i don't want to look at my phone so i just turn it off throw it in my closet and i will not look at it i won't feel tempted to even touch it i think those are my best days because i get to finally do things that i really want to do have the most productive day of like reading chanting you know maybe 
maybe maybe just catching up with myself i have a whole day just to myself i don't want to talk to anyone and i think that's been helpful but yeah going to bed with something by thinking of positive things so whether you're writing maybe you have a gratitude journal and you're writing things mm-hmm. you're grateful for today or things you've accomplished and again speaking of the lockdown yeah. i realized that uh, initially when it started the first two weeks i just felt so useless i felt like i wasn't doing much and then mm-hmm. i realized maybe i'm just being too harsh on myself because i'm doing things you know i'm yeah. helping my mom out at home whether it's cleaning the dishes or whatever it is i still work i still have my office work to do and many other things so but i just don't realize that actually i have done a lot so i started writing things i have accomplished today and i wrote every little thing i've done in the day from cleaning to waking up on time to right. taking a shower whatever it is the simple things and but then that i felt good progress like, makes yeah. a difference like when you see that you it made does. something for it yeah, but like, um, no, because so you talking about the journaling is something that I've done over here for you guys to see, and I've got a book, right? And um, wait, if you die, full of <laughs> it says broken. Nice. It's it says a head full of broken dreams. I actually got oh. it. Out. <laughs> yeah, uh, because because dreams. I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've kind of, I, I got it off of the Coldplay concert and so, you know, there time to time, like, you know, where I felt not low, but I've, most of the time was just bored because I was in class and I really couldn't be bothered to think about what's going on. So I'd write a lot of shit, you know, like uh, the, the times that I've just written everything from random lyrics to business ideas to um, costing things for other shit. so many random things, right? But it helped me realize that, okay, this is what I thought a year ago. Where am I now? And how much of a difference has it made? Am I... Have I, like, are these goals, the goals that I put put out a year ago, are they relevant? Am I following up? Am I doing anything? Or am I just wasting a year? And then, like, that's such a scary reality check because you're in your head, you're like, mm. oh my God, I need to do something with my life. And this journaling thing that I can't relate to it because, you know, when I started opening my book again, this happened a couple of days ago. And a um, couple of months ago, I made down a list of things which would make me happy in the short, like, you know, things that you can do to feel that you're, you're using your time wisely or you're, you're just being you know productive and you're not wasting time or wasting away and then i look back i'm like i actually still haven't hit a lot of it i've just been i've been so busy going with the flow that in the long run i've forgotten things that are more important to me you know like working on things for me rather than doing things for the sake of it so like that journaling is something i would actually recommend because that's what's kind of lighting a fire under my ass these days to get shit yeah. done so yeah, yeah and on also to look back at the list is important so yeah Always. you do get yeah. carried away and go with the flow but then that's why journaling is important is because then you can always True. refer back and you're like ah okay wait i did not do this yet maybe i just forgot we have so yeah. many things going on every single day that of course we we're, we're forgetful really? people that's one of the qualities of um, kali yuga we yeah. don't even remember what we ate yesterday you know like if, how are we going to remember what we wrote a year ago about our short-term long-term goals so sanjana i was wondering like uh, you spoke about mandala drawings and, uh, and that um is the sri yantra mantra yantra mantra um a mandala and <laughs> if not <laughs> could that's you that's so cute Sri Yantra Mantra. It's Sri Yantra Mantra. Sri Yantra, Yantra. is a mandala but not every mandala is a yantra okay yeah so yeah. mandalas are more self expression where you're just drawing whatever comes to your mind it's coming from the subconscious mind and carl jung the swiss psychologist i don't know if you guys have heard okay. of him very famous um he did a lot of he did a lot of research on mandala actually yeah. so he he's yeah. he practiced it with his clients and um, yeah some very cool interesting stuff so that's mandalas yantras are more to do with something more uh, spiritual so you are like the buddhist yantra you guys might might have seen the sand ones yeah, that yeah. they make very intricate there are five monks who get together and then they make this whole massive yantra 
with sand and um, and they're extremely focused on what they're what they're making, how they're making. There are all these rules on how to make it, and uh, and I've also heard that it takes many years for you to first understand the whole process before you can actually get to make it. So mandala, you can come to my workshop and start making it immediately. But a yantra for like a Buddhist yantra, you have to really understand what you're doing to make it. Oh, it takes uh, many years. Wait, is yantra? Uh, like hmm. a general thing I was talking about a specific um, a specific like picture is yantra like a like a you know like a like a how mandala is like a blanket it's, term I wish I had it, actually have a yantra somewhere but I made one so it's with those four gates have you seen like it's, yeah. it's in every Indian um, household right it'll be maybe outside your door or inside in your temple or something the typical four Four, it's called those Shit, four gates thing. and then there's a there's a deity in the center or, or wait is it this i don't know if you can see it. i can't can you see it see. well yeah okay wait i'll just send a link That's yeah send better. me a picture later but um yantras are more serious so when I learned how yeah. to make a yantra last year with the, with I actually did it over Zoom as well because my teacher is in New York. She's she's been making yantras for many 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 years and she's extremely knowledgeable about it. So it was a very very interesting class. Yeah. But she had all these rules mm -hmm. of like proper measurements and it's got to be perfect and you got to think positive and then you got to keep it clean. You can't because you're inviting um you know some some energy into that you know you're inviting some yeah. deity into that uh and you're creating like i created a krishna yantra obviously you know i'm a krishna fan so of course i when i spoke to her i was like i want to make a krishna yantra yeah so and then the way i have to keep it i can't just put it anywhere you know like a mandala i can i usually i'm like okay it's lying somewhere in my in my room but i can't mm -hmm. do that with the yantra it's something more serious so yeah i don't teach yantras just because i'm more uh, still on a very free spirited spirited place where i'm like just do whatever you want have that freedom i don't want to give too many restrictions and rules for me it's more about self-expression yeah. and uh, anyways um, i'm trying to connect it to something to do with mindfulness or spirituality therapy etc awesome so. now why why i was asking you about it um was because based on my uh, ridiculous readings um uh, this sri yantra mantra is supposed to uh be a symbol of the cosmos and the human body like it's a specific yantra i think yeah. uh like so and it's supposed to um you know symbolize consciousness essentially so I was wondering if you could tell me something about it that, you know, tell us something about it that we didn't know. And you did. Makes yeah, a lot of sense. Well, but I think, I mean, my since my main focus is mandalas and not yantras, I think mandalas in itself is such a powerful thing. Like I said, like, um, so what Kalyan yeah. says is that uh, when every mandala is, that you're drawing in that at that time is representing your current state of being so everything that yeah. you're feeling that you're not even aware of is coming out on paper through drawing and the best part of yeah. my workshop is a uh, group workshop especially is mm -hmm. when we're all together and then we have a, a at the end of class we do a reflection where we all talk about what does this mean to us and trust me every single class i've done people will say something that will blow their mind away they're just like wait do i was i really thinking of this every shape color the way you're drawing it means something uh something that you find similarities yeah you do and you then um, you have these realizations and i feel like art is such a beautiful way to express because uh, we can't really always express everything through words we don't even know what's going on how can we express like it's very difficult yeah. when i started drawing mandalas um i was going through a very difficult time and for me to speak about those emotions were very very difficult right now for me it's it's so easy i can go to my therapist or call my friend and i'm like hey this is how i feel but back then i felt like oh my god how do i ever share this with someone no one's going to understand me or people are going to think i'm a loser or i'm depressed and all mm -hmm. kinds of things and of course coming from 
India, you know, therapy is seen as taboo. Oof. Not anymore. I think it's changing. Taboo. But few yeah. years ago, I was, is, yeah. I was petrified. To of course, yeah, slowly. I did see one. And in my first session, I remember I told her, I don't need you. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't think I yeah. need you. And she said, <laughs> open. If you want to come back next week, please come back. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need you. And then I started yeah. with my mandala journey. And I loved it. But <laughs> I did go back to her for sessions and she really helped me. And I'm extremely thankful to her. But uh, I also got introduced to this form of art where I can express myself freely without feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't talk to anyone about this. I would, yeah. I would draw and I would, again, as always, <laughs> keep a journal. And I would write down what I was feeling. And then later, look back, like take a step back, look at what I've drawn and just meditate upon it to understand what did I even do? Why did I do that? Or why did I select certain colors or whatever it is? That's an, yeah. that's an awesome like depiction of like, you know, straight from the intuition to paper mm. and um, what that even means, you know, like going back to what we were speaking, which is fascinating. Yeah, you should try it out sometime. Come to my workshop. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'm definitely someone who's looking forward to, you know, experimenting with meditation. You know, I've, I've got exams or whatnot at the time of the shoot. And, uh, you know, once I put a few things to bed or maybe while I'm doing this, I do want to, you know, set time out. Uh, sticking to a discipline and, you know, dis disciplining yourself to make sure that your mind controls a lot of the decisions you make over bodily instincts is something that comes with meditation and whatnot. So I sincerely hope that this podcast has, um, you know, kind of shared just how much a lot of us are yeah. on this on a very similar boat and how um, a very common solution or the start of a very common mm. solution is something, you know, fundamentally fundamentally simple you know so let's all try and just inculcate a little bit sure. or something similar in our lives and then branch off into yeah. whatever way we see awesome. fit so yeah thank you so much for joining us and for listening uh you will find the links below to sanjana and daksha's work down below and um you know tune in and we'll be thank coming back for more thank you guys and good luck soon. with this this is Toodles. i think an amazing initiative <laughs> that you guys are are doing during this lockdown and we'll continue i'm assuming after the lockdown of course but, but thank you thank you good luck absolutely. to you guys absolutely and thank you once again you too Thank yeah, you. it was Thanks. awesome. Cheers. Bye. No worries. Take care. See ya. Bye bye.